Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and are you ready for the hierarchy of power in the Filmcast universe to change? Because I'm not. <laughs> Joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. I think I figured out Black Adam's uh, power move: always be hovering. <laughs> and Jeff Kanata. Finally, The Rock has come back to the film cast. Wow. More energy than The Rock gave in this movie. Good job. <laughs> wow. Good job. Bravo. Bravo, I think I, I, think I burst a chord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, those are, of course, all vague and oblique references to the fact that today on the podcast, we are going to be reviewing Black Adam, the newest entry in the DC Universe, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at thefilmcastpod. We now have a unified uh, URL slash handle across all those places. At thefilmcastpod is where you can find us uh, across all those platforms. And and you can. In fact, over at youtube.com slash at thefilmcastpod, we got a comment this week that I want to read. Now, you know, on the podcast, again, the number one complaint I hear about this podcast, too perfect, too perfect, not enough mistakes. <laughs> the Britain boy over on YouTube.com slash at the filmcast pod writes, Jeff, I'm really happy you're enjoying Welcome to Wrexham, despite my heritage and literal profile name. I'm not a big football guy, but I'm in love with the show and loved your comparisons to it being a real life Ted Lasso. Dead on. However, I unfortunately need to be that guy, as I was both wincing and laughing in pain at you pronouncing the team's name. The W in Wrexham is silent. It's just Wrexham, which is only funnier as they say Wrexham no less than 15 times in the first episode alone. I'm also assuming there will be many angry messages saying it's an English team, about saying it's an English team. Wrexham is a Wales team. Wales is its own individual country from England. However, they fall, they all fall under the umbrella of the United Kingdom or Great Britain, which is a combination of England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And Wales, unfortunately, always tends to be forgotten in that sense, which adds to its underdog nature as a country. They go into that more as the show goes on. I hope you continue watching it and enjoy it. And I hope the rest of the cast gives it a shot, as I genuinely think it would be their cup of tea. Excuse the pun. End quote. Jeff, I think this is the first you were hearing about this mistake, right? Yeah. First time hearing about it. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say I'm wee, 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 sorry to everyone <laughs> that I offended. Um, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> that, that was is... using W's, right? Like that was the W thing just now? Is that what mm. that was? Yeah, that was Wexham instead of Wrexham. I see. Wee, I, wee, 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 <laughs> I didn't know um, if you were infantilizing the crit- criticizers in some way. I was like, no, okay, not yeah, at all. Not at all. I, they are deserved. Yes. They, they, they are numerous. They are nonstop. Yes. And uh, I know they are all well-intentioned. Yes. Uh, I know everybody is, um, uh, you only uh, comment to correct uh, if you care. Yes. Uh, the three C's, as I yes. call it. Yes. <laughs> um, but I will tell, I will tell the audience uh, this. It, 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 if you have not experienced it, <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard to understand the exquisite agony <laughs> mm-hmm. of getting the first message yes <laughs> mere uh-huh. mere uh, maybe less than an hour after, after the, the, the episode, podcast right? has posted yeah. yeah knowing it will be a week <laughs> until you can issue a correction or rectify it or get into people's ear holes in any way whatsoever and knowing that that first email or message or tweet 
the first time you've been made aware of the mistake that you made is just the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> it is merely the first droplet of rain mm -hmm. coming from the massive Category 5 hurricane that's about to make landfall on your face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I deserve it. I, I, what there's did no we learn part of, from this? You know? yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I make mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. It was a dumb mistake. Um, and it's not because I... It's, it's even dumber a mistake than people think. People think <laughs> that I was like, oh, the R is silent. I didn't think that. <laughs> I didn't think that. Yeah. I literally wrote in the show notes, W-E-X-H-A-M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've mean, also I, been watching that show for several episodes too, right? So I, I, I had watched they were uh, pronouncing it right. more than yeah. half of that show. Yeah. The, hearing the word, them say it. Yeah, you're hearing the, the word Wrexham was spoken to you no fewer than <laughs> so many times. times. It's yeah. in the title. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> to click on the show, I had to read the R. Yes. I had to hear them say it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And yet, sometime between when I watched it and when I talked <laughs> about it, on not only this podcast, but other podcasts of mine where I recommended it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. somehow... Oh, no. I yeah. got it conflated in my head or, or, or wrong in my head that it was it was W-E-X-H-A-M instead of W-R-E-X. Uh, because I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, so, but you're uh, well, an idiot, Jeff. We love it. Well, okay. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> I, I, I will say uh, I'm going to I'll, I'll take some responsibility for this, Jeff. You know, uh -huh. I'm not I'm not going to leave you twisting in the wind here and say that uh, I consider myself a producer of the show, you know, in addition to a co-host of the show. And um, that this is something that I could have also caught when I was putting in the show notes. And, you know, I, ideally, you, you know how like sometimes when a newspaper has to like retract a story or a podcast retracts it, they're, they're like, this was a failure on every editorial level is sometimes <laughs> yeah. the thing they say. And and whenever they say that, I'm always like, huh, like how many levels are there? Like uh, how many people are like double checking this thing before it goes live? And the answer to the question of that for the film cast is it's literally me. I'm the only one that's double checking it before it goes yeah. live, right? Um, so this is a failure on every level, a.k.a. two levels, <laughs> which is to say <laughs> Jeff Kanata getting it wrong and then me not uh, double checking it. Um, and, you know, next time, Jeff, like we can uh, I, I will offer you this next time is I'm willing to go in and, and correct it next. Well, time. Like, <laughs> like David, we can edit it out next time, you know, in far, the, in the far be it for me to minimize any of your errors. <laughs> Jeff would uh, hate. It's literally Jeff's least favorite activity is no, minimizing. There's my no errors. part of me that wants to remove culpability from you. Never. However, never. <laughs> it is it is not your job to to proofread my Mm. notes uh i i should have the uh, ability to get this stuff right and uh sometimes you know sometimes it's you watch something uh early in the week and then later late much you know several days go by and uh yeah and you talk about it later and and you know you, you just your brain doesn't work right there, there's a lot going on people that's on me okay that's on yeah. me you know? I, I should yeah. i should have the uh the wherewithal to be able to get things correct and i apologize how how I'm taking full responsibility. <laughs> I However, like this is the biggest scandal we've had. So. Yeah, that's great. That's great. How, uh, no, this, this I think this still pales in comparison to ruining people's lives uh, <laughs> with, with the mousetrap with, snafu, with regard right? to the mousetrap scandal oh, yeah. of, of yeah, 2022. Yeah. But um, it's the tiniest of caveats with with <laughs> with regard to just a dash uh, of caveat. Uh, just a, a, a dollop. Listen, accepting full responsibility, mea culpa. 
on me, not on anyone else. I should have gotten it right. I have insulted an entire city. Uh-huh. Not only that, all of Wales I have insulted. Wales. Yes, 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 totally, yep. Uh, which I understand is a thing. I hear Daniel Craig <laughs> is on, on his way. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. However, tiny caveat. Okay, just, here it comes. Uh, you we were in the clear just three seconds ago. No, 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 no. Now, no. I, yep. This okay. isn't this isn't absolving me of any responsibility <laughs> okay. at all. Okay. I I will just say, if you, if the podcast comes out on I don't know Tuesday, uh-huh. yeah, and you hear a, a mistake on I don't know Friday, yeah, <laughs> it's too late. I think it's a pretty safe bet that I've already heard about it. You know, I once yeah. had a podcasting colleague. Jeff, that said, uh, hey, when you're about to write a tweet that says, I know you've probably gotten 100 messages about this, stop. (laughs) Think to yourself, maybe they actually have gotten 100 messages about it, and consider whether or not you should proceed. Or, or, here's another idea. (laughs) Look into in that person, the person you're about to tweet, the person whose at name you're about to write, (laughs) look in their feed and see if they've already apologized about this. Yes, that's great. That's a great piece of advice i think i think because uh, i'll be honest i had pretty quick <laughs> uh, yeah i retweeted it from the filmcast pod uh, twitter yeah. account too yeah so but you know uh, again everybody who corrected me and there are many of you thank you uh you're justified uh my, my favorite are the people that correct you by saying how mad or uh hilarious <laughs> they thought it was like so like the, the, so cringy like okay mm-hmm. i get yeah so anyway I know everybody is, is, is hearts in the right place, and I appreciate it, and I hate it when I get things wrong, and I need to be more circumspect about this stuff and more uh, conscientious, uh, and I will double redouble my efforts. But uh, also, uh, you know, if it's like been several days since the pod chill, came out, chill out. Yeah. pretty pretty safe bet to to know that I got the no- I got the memo. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I I I know that Jeff feels actual anguish about this, but also. I think it's great when people correct us, you know, yes. because I think it shows that they care that we are accurate. And I love that. And I would say that even if it was me that was getting corrected, you know, so um, <laughs> but it never is somehow. No, I'm just joking. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, say, I mean, to, to be absolutely clear, the world is falling apart around us. Right. Um, so have a have a bit of grace, people like we. No, I think I think people so have been happening. I think people yeah. have been graceful, right, Jeff? You know, no, yes, people, people, people yeah. have yes. been graceful. It's just it's just um, but it's but yeah, just, yeah, I think Jeff's just saying the volume can be a little uh, yeah. large sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I actually don't want to say to people stop correcting us, but I think Jeff's advice is good. Check mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. feed, check to see if it's already been acknowledged. Right. Um, but but yeah, I do I do still want the corrections to keep coming in. The, um, the excruciating mm-hmm. part is when when you've absorbed the mistake, yeah. when you've apologized for the mistake, when you've mentioned the mistake on in other places and then you're still getting messages about yeah. it that's yeah. that's when yeah. it that's it's yeah. rough but, yeah. but again deserved forever yeah, yeah. deserved yeah. it's deserved and i apologize i think we just need what we need the last few weeks have shown me that we need a jeff cannot a fact checker on the podcast you know? <laughs> oh like, if we could yeah if we yeah. could get one of those yes that'd be amazing Indeed. because if you know you know what i always say uh give me any name i'll wreck them <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I was, try, I was trying, trying, trying something there. Okay. All right. Well, slash. See if cast- I'll say them. I'll definitely wreck them. No, 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 Wreck them. I, I didn't worse. even know them. Okay. Um, 
Slash filmcast at gmail.com is where you can keep the things, uh, the corrections flowing in. And, and we do want them um, for sure. So I really appreciate them. And next time, Jeff, you can play back this tape of me saying this when <laughs> I inevitably make the next colossal blunder. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, you can bank this for the future. Just call him Rex and Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, let's talk about what we've been watching. Uh, I want to talk about a couple things that I've been watching. Um, Okay, The Mole. This is a reality television show that has been rebooted for Netflix. It used to be on uh, broadcast TV, if I recall correctly, many years ago. Uh, There was a version of it that was hosted by Anderson Cooper. And guys, I loved this show. I had so much fun with The Mole. I watched all 10 episodes in the time since last uh, our last broadcast. Nice. And had a great time. I had a great time. And Jeff Kanata, I think you would love this. Now, Jeff, you generally have not enjoyed reality television. Is that correct? That is correct. Why? Why we talked a little bit about this, but why? What is your distaste for reality TV in general? Oh man, it feels um, it feels like shallow viewing. It feels like mm-hmm. um, time not well spent to me. You know, for the most part. Uh, I, uh, there, there are exceptions. There are, there are, I think, well-crafted and obviously we want to make a distinction between something like documentary and, and what, what is yes. traditionally called reality television, which is reality television is like survivor or the bachelor or, you know, like yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I think survivor is, it, I mean, I've never really watched much of it, but like I, a show like amazing race and yeah. survivor, I think I put in, in a different quality category than something like the bachelor or, mm-hmm. you know, what whatever because you're at least watching people perform feats of strength right well yeah there there is there is i don't know about feats of strength but it's it is a um it is a contest that has rules and watching it's more of a game show than right than anything else yeah 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 um and uh these other things were which are just sort of manipulating people into uh making fools of themselves in, in or or you know there's there's it's sort of like schadenfreude television basically yeah um and and i don't know it it doesn't it doesn't it feels like uh it feels hollow and and kind of uh bad for society to me in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally fair um well the mole is a tv show in which there is a group of people and one of them is the mole and the group of people is trying to actively increase the amount of money in the prize pool uh, by performing specific challenges or, or surpassing or overcoming specific challenges. And the mole is somebody amongst them who you don't know who they are. Um, and they are actively trying to prevent money from going into the prize pool. This is basically the rule set of about of approximately a thousand great board games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very similar to like Mafia. It's very similar to Among yeah. Us. Among Us is probably honestly the clearest uh, parallel to me. The Resistance, um, Battlestar Galactica board game. Yeah, this uh, is why I think a... you would love the show, Jeff. It's yeah. like a like a board game in real life. And uh, but what is fascinating to me is first, first of all, like there's the 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 show The Mole on Netflix is working on multiple levels. Okay. There's the there's the level of okay here's the challenge they have to do that that stuff is okay some of them are really cool like you have to climb this mountain um, carrying up these like you know sacks of cash with you right and whatever whoever makes it like that that cash will be added to the prize pot like okay that's kind of cool to see people like they they film it all in Australia and it's beautiful to look at and the B roll is very good so it's like oh there's there's kind of like just the surface enjoyment of you're watching people do cool 
scenic things. Then there's the second level of who is the mole. Like you, as the viewer, are spending the entire season trying to figure out who the mole is. Um, after every episode, you know, this is the, the kind of um, part I'm not a huge fan of. But after every episode, they, they basically do a quiz of everyone and ask people questions about who they think the mole is. Like, does the mole have brown hair? Is the mole wearing sneakers today? Like, and whoever gets the most questions wrong or, you know, gets the least questions right is eliminated from the show every episode. And the mole cannot be eliminated from the show throughout the whole season. So uh, you as a viewer, you're guessing all season who is the mole. You're trying to figure out who is the mole. Because one of these people is lying through their teeth about not being the mole. And that's really, really fun. Um, but the final level is uh, the prisoner's dilemma. Right? Are you guys familiar with the prisoner's dilemma? You know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the uh, the 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 basic version of the prisoner's dilemma is like people are you're you're caught robbing a bank, right? And there's a couple of different outcomes. If neither you and your buddy are caught robbing a bank, and um, you know, I'm kind of butchering it a little bit, but basically, if you and your buddy um, don't confess, then you basically both go free. Um, if one of you confesses, the other person gets like a really heavy punishment, but then you get a lighter punishment. And if both of you confess, then you both get a medium punishment. That's like the prisoner's dilemma, basically. And uh, the statistically, via game theory, right, factoring in um, human nature, the better deal is always to confess, right? Like the better deal is always to uh, to do the thing that is going to be suboptimal for the group. Uh, because you're, you're more likely to come out on top if you confess, right? Uh, because you'll either go free or you'll get a medium punishment. Whereas if you don't confess, you might get the worst punishment. So it'll be a thing like, hey, Devendra and Jeff and David Chen, you know, um, here's like you can each look at we're going to put some dossiers in front of you that will give you information about all the other people that will help you figure out who the mole is. If none of you look at the dossiers, then $20,000 gets added to the prize pot. But if one of you looks, no money gets added to the prize pot, and also um, the person who looks gets a significant advantage for the next elimination round, right? So you're watching these people try to rationalize what they're doing uh, and, and kind of play out a real-life prisoner's dilemma where it's like, what are the incentives and when should you turn on other people? Like, when is it advantageous or when is it not? And like watching it all play out in real time in a fairly compelling way. So that is my case for the mole. Devendra, I know you probably might be into this already, but Jeff, has mm -hmm. that, is that tickle your fancy at all, Jeff Kanata? I don't, do you think? I don't think you, you describe the prisoner's dilemma per, uh, quite accurately. Okay. I don't think it's about confessing or not. It's about betraying your partner. Sure. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so yep. it's not confessing yep. yourself. Correct. That, which Correct. is always the noble thing to do. The idea is, are you going to rat out them? Yes. Yes. Or do you, do you think they're going to rat out? This is, this is a, you know, a very common mob tactic, right? Yes. Uh, you're, you're in a room. Hey, we're talking to Jimmy down the hall. Jimmy is ratting you out. Are yes. you going to rat him out? That's that the prisoner's dilemma is. Yeah. Do you rat out the other guy yes. to save your own skin? If both of you rat out each other, you're both screwed. So yeah. you gotta, you gotta. But guess it's less, it's less bad than if only the other person rats you out and you don't do anything. That's kind of the configuration, right? No, no. The idea is, if you rat them out and they don't rat you out, you win. Yes. Correct. If you both rat each other out, you both lose. And if you both, neither of you rat each other out, you both lose, but less. Yeah, but I'm also saying I'm also saying if you both rat each other out, it's a medium loss than if you mm -hmm. don't rat them out mm -hmm. and they rat you out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like uh, ten years in jail if 
they rat you out and you don't rat them out versus five years in jail if you both rat each other out. That is the prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, but you get go free. You get to go free. If you rat them out and they don't rat you out, you get to go free yes, with no years correct, in jail. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. Basically, what I'm saying is there's three different states. There's yes. like the goes have, free state, there's the medium bad state where you both rat each other out, and then there's the really bad state where they rat you out and you don't rat them out. Sorry, I think we have sufficiently thing. confused yes. everyone. Totally, totally, yes. But there's three, there's three different configurations. Anyway, so yes. Correct. Um, okay, all that said, Jeff, are you, have I interested you in the mole yet? Or I mean, I you... do like that notion uh, I do enjoy that sort of uh, psychological experiment. I do like enjoy that gamesmanship. I, like I said, I play lots of board games, um, you know, social deduction games, um, party games, where that is part of the part of the rule set and and part of the fun. So I'm into that idea. I just don't know if I want to spend hours of my life watching other people do that. I, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure it's compelling watching on a certain level. But it still feels like there's so much top tier television out there that I, I mean, you're the guy who wants me to keep watching uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't sell me on the mole over here. I, I mean, definitely watch Better Call Saul. I mean, I will say that I watched the mole after watching Tar <laughs> this week. <laughs> so it was a nice palate cleanser from Tar. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not saying don't watch Better Call Saul, you know, but I'm right. saying if you want something light and fun, you know, this is a really fun show. It's a really fun show. I'm sure it is. I, I, there's just, a, you know, there's a finite number of hours and this doesn't yeah. feel like a good use of those mm-hmm. hours to mm-hmm. me. But Fair maybe, enough. Maybe. I mean, I mean, what I've uh, what I've heard you describing sometimes is sometimes you and the wife just want to sit back and fall asleep to something on the TV. That's true. You're not yeah. wrong. So, there You're you not go. wrong. But, I you know, did... I think we all, we prefer like a nice half hour comedy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I assume right. the mole is hour long episodes. Yeah, I think I think no, no, no. Full actually, I think they're like thirty, forty minutes long, if I recall. Oh, correctly. are they? Okay. Yeah, yeah, forty minutes did long. You, so, did you ever watch the old mole, Dave? Uh, no, I did. I, I watched like I watched portions of it, but I never like okay. really got into any of it. I've heard it's great. It's, like, yeah, I heard, that, yeah. that was good stuff back in the day. Certainly, when we had a lot less choices when it came to things to watch. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm inter- I haven't checked out this reboot yet, but I do want to see it. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's a lot of. Fun. I also like love the the host of it. Um, she's she has a great like hosting voice and she's not too over the top um some of the games seem really ridiculous but like some of them seem really cool and fun and interesting so i just think there's a lot of ingenuity that goes into the game and uh and so i admire it Uh, i really enjoyed it i watched all the episodes it's a lot of fun it's the mole uh which is a reboot of uh, the original anderson cooper game show it is now on netflix and uh, season one just wrapped up so that's the mole We're going to take a quick break for some sponsors. We'll be right back with more of what we've been watching. Hey, I want to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, Calm. And I want to try something different. This time, while I'm reading this ad, I want you to do a simple breathing exercise. Breathe in through your nose, hold it for about five seconds, and then exhale through your mouth. Keep that up while I tell you about this sponsor, Calm. We are partnering with Calm here on the Filmcast, which is the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and reset and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. 
If you go to calm.com slash filmcast, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. Isn't that what you want? I love using the Calm app at the end of the night to just relax, just get myself to a state where I'm not so anxious. Now, for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash filmcast. Go to calm.com slash filmcast, F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T, for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash filmcast. All right. I also had a chance to watch the movie Tar, the new Todd Field movie starring Kate Blanchett. Uh, this was a movie that Jeff Kanata mentioned, I think it was last week or the week before. Um, and it was the week before. Yeah. Uh, I think this movie is awesome. Um, it's really, really good. It's about a conductor. Uh, I think we're probably going to try to do a after dark at this, uh, with, uh, about this at some point. Um, but I loved Tar. The movie is very long. It's two and a half hours long. Um, and and Kate Blanchett plays Lydia Tar, who is basically one of the greatest musicians of our time. Jeff put it really well during our conversation about it when he described it as being about ego and what happens when ego takes over a person's life, what they think they are able to do, what they think they can do or should do. Um, it's very fascinating. The New York Times wrote a piece about this movie saying, finally, a good movie about cancel culture. I don't really think it's about cancel culture, in my opinion. No. It no. is There's one scene that's yeah. about cancel it's, culture. It's tangentially related to cancel yeah. culture, but it's not really about cancel culture, in my opinion. It's it's really, about what Je- it's really about what Jeff said, which is like, it's a, yeah, it's about ego. It's about celebrity. Um, this really hit home for me, Jeff, just because... Um, this is a little known fact, but there was a significant period of my life when I was uh, very seriously considering trying to become a, a conductor. Um, I conducted my high school orchestra when I was in high school um, for like one of the final concerts that I performed with them. And it was like one of the most thrilling experiences of my entire life. And I took a conducting class when I was in college. And I really love the art of conducting. And That's awesome. This is kind of a like a definitive music conducting movie in many ways. And what I mean by that is like, they take great pains to explain to you, like, what is a conductor? What does a conductor do? Like, what, why is a conductor important? All this stuff. And then like, you see a conductor do the work and, and, uh, and then they they tell like a very interesting kind of thriller esque story alongside of it as well. So like, that's also something I really liked about this movie is like, it's like, Hey, if you want to understand what a conductor is, is or does this is a pretty good movie to to watch to to get that understanding um so i like that it worked on that level as well i i actually i don't necessarily disagree with that but i Mm -hmm. also you know one of my minor nits about the movie is that it's not enough about conductor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like i wish I, i wish it had been a little bit more about music yeah and conducting and i i don't think it's it 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 is in that world and and because it is in that world you you gather information about that world and you kind of you're immersed in it and you learn about what it's like and and so everything you've just said is not inaccurate 
But also it's it's just because it's set in that world. It's not a movie about being a conductor per se. I think it's it, it's it spends most of its time not being about music in particular and about conducting in particular. And that's sort of just the profession that is the basis for what the movie is really about, which is. I, I, yeah, I actually disagree with what you're saying. You know, hmm. I, I think I think it spends a lot of time. I think you're right. It shows very little actual conducting. So that's what I will give you. Right. But I think it's very much about the world of conducting or the world of like the upper echelons of music. Um, it's, I don't it's, know. I, yeah. I think you could I think you could transpose tar into, you know, the world of literature or mm -hmm. the world of, of painting. And, yeah, and the yeah. movie would be mostly unchanged. Mm -hmm, you know, it's like mm -hmm. it's it's basically about greatness at the highest level in art and and the sort of the 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 very insular worlds that are created in in those places and how you know people who are considered uh, virtuosos are elevated and sort of uh, insulated from any any misdeeds and and all that kind of stuff it's i think it would work you know it, there are things in the movie that are specific to conducting but i think the movie she could have been a great painter or a great mm -hmm. sculptor or a great singer or whatever you know yeah yeah, I think that's true, you know, uh, but I think that the movie does go to great I, – I, I think that one thing that the movie does that I, I don't know if you're giving enough credit for, Jeff, is like there are specific power dynamics that I think exist in music that don't necessarily exist in the same way in the world of painting. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, um, she could be she could be a director of of plays right. in New yeah, York. Yeah, it's true. It's you know true. What I mean? It's true. It's true. Yes, it's, yeah. I'm not saying there's no other field that has those dynamics, but right. but I do think it's a little bit more specific than you're giving credit for. That's all I'm saying. Um, it's but, a leadership role, certainly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the movie. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's it's incredible, as I said a couple of weeks ago. But it yeah, it bummed you out that it wasn't too like it, you want to see more music liked, stuff. Yeah, yeah I would have liked yeah. it to dip farther into the world of music because I I those those moments in the movie when it does are I think are amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they are pretty amazing. Maybe they um, just didn't have enough time, Jeff. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of other things I'll just mention real quick. Kate uh, Blanchett is god tier in this movie. Yeah. This is like truly some of the finest work she's ever done in her career. It's incredible. Like, just it, it's you got to watch Tar just to see Kate Blanchett as yeah. Lydia Tar. Um, she's absolutely amazing. I also love the direction. Um, the it's a beautiful film, and one of the things that it uses really well is the architect. This is one of the, one of the things I'm talking about, Jeff. Like the architecture of um, these concert halls is like yeah. a major quote unquote character in these in the movie, right? And like, and how oppressive and how intimidating it can be, and how it like can in some ways be dehumanizing, but like you you try to like rise above it. Like the way the movie uses architecture is just really fascinating. And again, not something that would have really been possible if it was about, you know, painting potentially. You're um, right. So there's a, there yeah. are a couple of scenes in the movie uh, where uh, she and her team are auditioning people. Yes. And I had no idea that that's how it works in symphonies where they're literally auditioning behind a curtain. Yes. So you just hear them play without knowing who it is or what they look like or anything. I thought that's, I thought that was fascinating. I it's had no fact, yeah, idea. It's, it's to remove bias. From yeah. The but there's so it's, few, yeah. like that's mm -hmm. not how mm -hmm. 
acting, you know, obviously, right. or, or any other, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, other yeah. auditions don't have that. It's, it, yeah. I thought it was, I don't, I don't think it's always been done that way. I think it's been mm-hmm. like a fairly, mm-hmm. uh, if I recall correctly, it's been a fa- somewhat recent development, but it, it is to remove bias. And, um, and it's because, yeah, it's a field where that's possible, where, you know, yeah. Where, yeah. where you can just judge based off of the music. I believe that um, happens in the first few episodes of Mozart in the Jungle. And Jeff, everything you're saying sounds like you need to watch the show. I've been recommending to you guys <laughs> for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You should watch Mozart mm-hmm. in the Jungle. I think you'd yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I've heard great things. But yeah, uh, but yeah Tar. It's, it's basically the, the masked singer, but for symphonies. Yeah. Right? Dave, there, there, there you go. Uh, a reality show. Tar is a knockout, and it is really good, and it is expanding wide. Uh, two more theaters this weekend. Uh, it is heavily in the best picture conversation. Like people As think it it's probably be. going to be nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I, I think it's a great, great film. So yeah. like, this is just, you know, I'm, I'm, re- I'm excited for more people to see it. I'm excited I, to talk about it more, you know, so I can't, yeah. I, I can't wait to see this movie. I, I'm also fascinated that I felt like this movie was about a real person. Just yeah. The way well, people yeah, talked it about like it that. and the way like it's being marketed. It just, it just seemed like, one of those high, like one of those people in the music world that I didn't know about, but clearly everybody who knows something about music, right, and classical music, knows who Tar is. Um, <laughs> but it's not. This is a fully fictionalized person, right? To, yeah, to yeah. Me, it, it is. Th- th- it is. Correct. T- it yeah. is titled like yes. a biopic would yeah. t- be yeah. titled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and t- to be fair, I think the 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 movie does a pretty good job of like inventing an entire fictional. Hmm. Um, background for this person yeah. that's really uh, impressive uh you know i'm always keeping my eye out for what are really good ways of delivering exposition in movies and tv shows um that that are organic to the movie or tv show so for instance in succession uh episode one it's i think it's logan roy's birthday in like episode one or two of succession and a person gives him a toast Right, and in the toast they sum up that person's entire biography. <laughs> They're like, Logan Roy, born in blah blah blah, like you know, <laughs> bought his first newspaper, blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, this is a nice way of giving exposition that feels organic. Um, in this movie, it's a little bit less organic, but basically, uh, the movie opens with the character of Lydia Tar being introduced at a talk that she gives, and the person gives like a massive. Really massive bio for Lydia Tarr that like just tells you everything about the character, um, but it feels very like authentic to uh, it, it, like they went to a lot of effort to like write a very detailed background for this person um, that I that I think kind of gives it the air of a biopic, but it's not. So anyway, love the movie, love the movie Tar. Uh, that's something else I've been watching. Okay, and finally for something completely different. <laughs> Uh, I watched Love is Blind Season 3. Now, why would I watch Love is Blind Season 3 on Netflix? The first four episodes of which are already live. Because uh, you were trapped under something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's because, Jeff Kanata, we had heard that... So Love is Blind is a dating reality show um, where uh, people meet each other speed dating style, but without seeing each other. Uh, so they, they can't see each other. They, 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 like, there's a wall between them and they have to like date and figure out if they want to marry someone, um, that they aren't seeing, you know, in these little dating pods. Dave, and then... I don't know if you know this, Dave, but that's how they cast symphonies. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Jeff. You're not wrong. <laughs> so, uh, I should, you know, I should have led with that, Jeff. I should have led. That was, it would have been a good boom goes to dynamite right there. But anyway, uh, so, 
then they decide to get, you know they commit to get married or not, and then like they they start the process of inter- integrating into each other's lives and meeting each other's parents and you know moving into each other's homes and trying to see if things will work out. Um, I recommended the mole. I said you know the mole is a good show. It's fun. Um, Love is Blind is is fulfills every negative stereotype that Jeff Kanata has about reality shows. So I cannot possibly recommend Love is Blind to anyone. But why were we watching it? Well, Jeff, is because we heard a rumor that uh, this season of Love is Blind was filmed in Seattle. And so <laughs> the only my- way for you to see your hometown is to watch it on the television yeah. rather than yeah. walk out the front door. Well, my yeah, my wife and I we want to see how Seattle's to be. Like, like of course because because you're like learning about these people's lives. So you're kind of learning about yeah. who else is living in your in your city. I mean, uh, I say what I else say does town Dave C- have? You you have Kimmy <laughs> and you have the real world Seattle. That's it. Yeah, and Grey's Frasier Anatomy was not shot which in Seattle. And Grey- old old episodes of Frasier. Frasier was not shot in Seattle. Yeah, like, Grey's, Grey's Anatomy not yeah. shot in Seattle. You know, there's very few yeah. things shot in Seattle. Um there's a new like tax incentive that's out so i think that's going to change in the near future but but there's very few things shot in seattle mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the ring uh, so it's like, the ring the ring, the ring yeah exactly yeah. that was like decades ago though but Sleepless anyway in seattle maybe i don't okay. know okay <laughs> you okay we just laid like six things that's literally what it's been for 30 years you know so <laughs> so anyway there's very few things shot in seattle so it's like yeah we want to see something else that's shot in seattle okay so we start watching the episodes, me and my wife, and we're like, "Hey, this doesn't really feel like uh, these people are from Seattle, really." Like, and then, and then we get to reality shows to, lying to me. Well, we get to episode four, and then basically the way they're releasing, they're releasing like four episodes like last week, four episodes this week, then like one episode, like one episode, you know, you know, they're spreading it out over the course of the next month, basically, right? And so, uh, at the end of episode four, they're like, "Next time on Love Is Blind season three, and they show like scenes from the rest of the season and they show like a big aerial shot of the city. And my wife and I saw that and we're like, that's not Seattle. <laughs> and it turns out it's Vancouver. That, it turns out that it is actually Dallas oh, and wow. that they were actually filming love is blind season four in Seattle. My so, understanding though, is that Dallas is the Seattle of the South. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. But here's the thing: is we're, now we're four episodes deep, so of course we're gonna have to finish the whole thing now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how they get you. This is the saddest story I've you. heard in very long. Time. <laughs> you start watching a show because you think it's set in your town. Yeah, and then and then it turns out not to be set in the town. You can't. And then we... It took you four episodes to notice. <laughs> that was well, how <laughs> different those cities are. Too. They're like, oh, oh look, there's sun? the. There's the space needle. No, nope, no, nope, that's an oil derrick. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of farms here. A lot of to be to be fair, guys. To be uh-huh, fair, uh-huh. Uh, they like the first four episodes don't take place sure, in sure, the sure. city that they're from. You like, can see the, the great the... oil fields of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first two episodes take place in like the dating pods, and then they go to Cancun for like a lovers retreat. But okay. I have not noticed so many people in Seattle wearing cowboy hats, but I guess it's becoming <laughs> okay. a thing. Okay, Jeff, that actually you are right about because two of the main two of the main characters wore cowboy hats. I'm like, what? <laughs> this grim style's getting oh out God. of hand. That's weird. That's weird. I don't see that very often. I guess they call this Neo Grunge. There's more beanies yeah. here, but you know, okay. <laughs> okay, you got me there, guys. Okay. 
There were a lot more cowboy hats than there were in Seattle. A lot more, so. uh, lot more <laughs> 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 accents. Everyone's having yeah. barbecue yeah, all the time. Multiple people had southern drawls, and I'm like, okay, I guess. I noticed so many people <laughs> say y'all out here in Seattle, but all right. <laughs> okay. Um, but <laughs> I like how that's not a deal breaker for you, though. You're like, well... <laughs> We were wrong. That's that's on us. Yeah. Got to keep watching. Oh, the show now. that much. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, the issue with Love Is Blind season three is it it is a fairly joyless affair this time around. And what I mean by that is like seasons one and two, there were multiple couples that you were at least rooting for. You're like, oh, I want these this couple to make it. Um, season three almost universally. None of them I, I want to see uh, be happy. No, I'm just joking. I, just many of these, many of these couples feel like they are not going to work out, and so there is like this, and so it, it has shifted from ooh, like this is an interesting experiment where you're doing blind dating, and then, um, and then see if you can make it with each other's lives. And now it's like basically I am watching a car crash in slow motion, um, where like these people clearly should not be together. And they need to like play nice for the cameras and pretend that it's a good idea, you know. Um, it's excruciating. It's excruciating, and I can't wait to watch the rest of the season. So, <laughs> anyway, that is Love Is Blind season three, streaming right now on Netflix. It does not take place in Seattle, mm -hmm. so uh, just FYI, you know, don't don't. But, make uh, fair warning. You know, yeah. As a plus, though, you guys are now uh, considering moving to Dallas. <laughs> Um, it is a very addictive show because the personalities are really interesting. Like they do a pretty good job casting these people. Uh, and so you kind of, it's, it's like compelling watching, but I feel bad afterwards. You know, this is what Jeff was saying about reality shows being bad for society. You know, yeah. this is, this is the epitome of that. For sure. So, but so, so much content is just genuinely bad for us. So, you know, <laughs> indeed. So if you want to watch. A lot of couples who are not right for each other in Dallas. Love is Blind Season 3 on Netflix is a thing to watch. They should just really put um, the, the locations like in the title, you know? Like, Love is Blind Dallas. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they don't want to. Well, they do have a Love is Blind Japan, which, by the way, yeah, yeah. is a lot better, apparently, mm. because um, the people are nicer and less shallow and more calm and less sex crazed, is my understanding, you know? So, uh, at least on screen. So. Uh, I've heard, uh, it, it's all, and the aesthetics are better. Like if you look at how it looks, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just like the, the visuals of like the locations that they're in, it just looks amazing compared to the American ones. So anyway, that's probably something in my future. Love is blind Japan. That is what I have been watching this week. Let's take a quick break for some sponsors. We'll be right back with more what we've been watching. Hey, it's time for me to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor. Hello. Fresh. I love HelloFresh. Holy moly, I've been using HelloFresh for years and years now. Maybe it was it like five, six years I've been using HelloFresh as a subscriber, as a paid subscriber myself. Because I value the experience of getting farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes that are delivered right to my doorstep. Oh my gosh. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy and fun and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. It's That's why it's my number one meal kit. It's why it's, I've been using HelloFresh for years. I subscribe to HelloFresh for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them 
is it's 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping too. So you want to save money in the fall, this fall? Yeah, great and easy way to do it. And easy is the name of the game. It works with your ever-changing schedule. Plans are flexible and you can choose your meals every week, update your preferences, change your delivery day, all on the HelloFresh app. I use it. I love it. It's so awesome to decide a few weeks in advance what meals I'm going to get. Choosing from those so many meals to choose from. Awesome. Quick and easy meals like their 20-minute recipes, their low prep and easy cleanup options. You can just spend less time in the kitchen, more time with your loved ones. And you get them a home-cooked meal. I have so much joy giving my family a home-cooked meal that I'm preparing in front of them. I know what ingredients are in them. The HelloFresh ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. So you know they're fresh. And the pre-portioned ingredients make cooking easy. And then they also cut down on food waste. You're not throwing away a bunch of excess ingredients. So many great reasons to try HelloFresh. And we're going to make it super easy for you as well. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Filmcast65 and use the code Filmcast65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T-6-5. And then use the code FILMCAST65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Devinder Hardwar, uh, you watched something that we're probably going to be discussing in a future episode. Right? Sure, yeah. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we will likely be reviewing Decision to Leave, the latest movie from Park Chan Wook. Uh, but I got to see it this weekend. And ho- holy crap, guys. Turns out this guy's a pretty good director. Yeah. Just, I mean, I watched a trailer yeah. for Decision to Leave, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like, you know how they, on the trailer, it's like from the director of, right? Yeah. And it's like yeah. from the director of Stoker, Old Boy, you know, like, and it was listing all of his movies. Um, Thirst, The Handmaiden. I'm like, holy shit, those are like literally like three out of four of those are some of my favorite movies of all time. All, all you know, bangers, like, all bangers. Yeah, so all bangers. I, I, I would so. call Park Time Look uh, probably my favorite working director right now. Like, he is just up wow. there for me. Old Boy basically you know changed my life when i saw it and i remember introducing it to you dave so yeah this yeah. guy this guy um when he oh, Demetri, has... i found my old boy blu-ray uh-huh. Uh-huh. from from back in the day i know i know they're going to do a new reissue but i was like oh they i was are. so happy yeah. to have a blu-ray uh because it's not available for easy purchase at the moment it's, as I, as I, I believe so. they're relicensing it but also yes. um yes. you can import a 4k blu-ray uh from the uk i believe and there are there is no region lock on 4k blu-ray so mm. you just have at it with that so i have that i'm very happy to have that um this just in to leave this is a movie that is very much in the vein of vertigo um, mm, and a lot of Hitchcock, yeah. like yeah, it is about yeah. a de- detective who becomes uh, a bit infatuated with the suspect. Um, and the, the story kind of goes where you, you may think it would in a, in a story like this. But what I find fascinating is just that it is just so much fun to watch. Like it is so well plotted. I think everybody um, is just very, very intriguing, especially uh, the suspect uh, played by Tang Wei who is just this very, like, inscrutable person, right? She's the widow of somebody who's died. The detectives all kind of suspect her. And she, um, in some instances, just doesn't really hide the fact that she she doesn't care too much that her husband died, too. So, like, th- th- there's a lot of things going on here, trying to figure out if she killed him or not. Um, but what, what really gets me about this movie is just a wonderful sense of longing um, between these two characters in kind of, you know, a love that should not be yada, yada, yada. Um, Park Chan-wook just cannot help but have fun. Like, every shot of this movie, every sequence 
just is super inventive and looks like things I've never seen before. I think if you just look at the trailer, and it's a trailer that doesn't give away too much, uh, you could just see a lot of that style in there. The way the camera moves, the way that like, everything is framed. I had a ton of fun watching it. I cannot wait to see it again. Um, I can't wait to watch it with my wife because she also likes Park Chan-wook movies. Um, I, I'm looking forward to our full review, guys. So I'm just saying uh, it, is, um, it is opening wider this week in many, many cities. If you have an opportunity to see it on a big screen, uh, do so because it is. Yeah, it's a one piece. of the movies. It's one of movies mm-hmm. first things that they're distributing. If I'm yep. uh, correct, yep. like the movie, the uh, online streaming service has decided to uh, distribute decision to leave. Um, so they are rolling it out in limited release, as Devinder said, and I think it's probably going to be available on the movie movie platform at some yeah. point in yeah. this fall, within so, a couple months. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, decision to leave. It's great. Uh, I saw it as well. I really liked it. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks. But uh, big shout out for it this week on yeah. the film cast. Make, make That's time. What, like I, this is one of those movies where I just need to tell people, hey. You, you don't think you have enough time? Make time. Go see this movie because you will be – it's worth, like, going through some work to see this if you can. All right. That's what the Avengers has been watching. Jefferson Connaughterson. Okay. So, guys, you know that I often talk about our beloved hashtag slash tag. Mm-hmm. And how I find it to be an invaluable resource for me because our listeners, our patrons often use hashtag slash tag on Twitter to recommend uh, phenomenal things, to point me and us and each other to things that I just had not been aware of. I I wouldn't have crossed my radar and I find it so wonderful. Oftentimes... As I'm sitting down to, to, you know, I find some time and I say to myself, I want to watch something to talk about, specifically to talk about on the podcast. I have a couple of hours. I often browse hashtag slash tag and see. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly, folks... certainly you prioritize hashtag slash tag over recommendations that we provide on the podcast, you know, like very much so. Yeah. Yes. I mean, who cares? We've only been doing this for a decade together and yes. have all these experiences that we've accumulated over the years. But, right. but Jeff would strongly prefer the word of a random to him, random stranger mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. Um, friends and colleagues that, you know, are, are trusted by tens of thousands of people to recommend movies and TV shows, you know? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you guys, yes. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll try to persuade me to watch things. Yes. Uh, yeah. And my favorite thing to do is ignore you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think chopped liver is generally the uh, mm. phrase that comes to mind when it comes yes. to our, our recommendations, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But people that uh, that choose to to listen to me in their ears and and want to recommend something to me, oh yeah, that's that's what I like. But but here's the thing, guys. What's the there thing? is a tacit and inherent trust that is required for uh-huh. that to happen. Uh-huh. Uh I am I am investing my time and energy into the recommendations because I believe in our audience. I trust our audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to name somebody by name. And I, and, I, and I apologize, sir. I apologize for what I'm about to say. But I want to read. Maybe I don't have to say them by name. They don't need to be. Maybe they want to be called out by name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Here's the tweet that... <laughs> Caught my eye this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
at Jeff Kanata. Hashtag slash tag. So this has hashtag slash tag, but also is to me specifically. <laughs> the tweet reads as follows. Uh-huh. Okay. So I don't really do this. Communicate with public personalities via Twitter or email. All right. Already I'm listening. This person, this is an atypical behavior. They've been drawn to this platform mm -hmm. uh, that they don't normally visit specifically mm -hmm. to convey this message. Mm -hmm. I think you should watch you being me at Jeff Kanata. <laughs> uh -huh. I think you should watch after midnight on shutter immediately, if not sooner. Whoa. Something I often say immediately, if not sooner. Wow. Clearly a listener. Clearly somebody that speaks my language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love at the Filmcast pod and have listened for years. <laughs> uh, this Trust is me. Trust me. You won't be mad. <laughs> this is green lights. All the way down, Jeff. Holy this is... mackerelly. This has me sitting up in my chair and taking notice immediately, if not sooner. Listen to me for years. They know me. They know what I like. I got I, I to gotta do this. I don't have a Shutter subscription right now, but you know what? It's spoopy season. I'm going to, I'll use my seven day free trial for this because I believe in our audience. I believe that they won't lead me wrong. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think I know where this is going. It all ended swimmingly, right? <laughs> I think I may have been punked. The, the tweet ends, trust me, you won't be mad. And I have news for you, tweeter. I did trust you. And I am mad. <laughs> Turns out that the tweeter is the director of this movie, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, that was a good monologue, Jeff. I'm sorry if I stepped on a little bit. But yes, what happened? I probably should have checked if the tweeter is the director of this movie. I hope not. <laughs> I really, really hope not. Hang on. <laughs> the After Midnight was directed by Jeremy Gardner and Christian no. Stella. No, that's not the tweeter. Okay. Thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> all right. I watched all of After Midnight on Shudder using my seven-day free trial that, that I only get once. And many, many, many times I asked myself, why am I watching that? What, what yeah, about yeah. me did this person think required me to see this immediately, if not sooner? What I, I like how a random tweet just elicits this immediate response from you, Jeff. Um, yeah. Whereas Incre I, I think incredible. some of us around you have been talking about things you should be watching for a while now. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like you guys get me like the audience gets mm -hmm. me. Yes, Red, no, totally. You know? totally. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. honestly, I'll be, I'll be, I'm going to be frank with you guys. This might be a turning point. This might this single <laughs> moment might ruin that trust in the wow. entire audience. One person. Wow. Now listen again. I feel bad. I don't want to throw this person under the bus if they were legitimately thinking that I would love it because I I don't know. I don't know what this movie This movie feels like a 2-minute sketch drawn out into 90 minutes. It's a, okay, so After Midnight is, is, I mean, so much is it about anything. It's about, it, it's the story of a guy and a girl who have a relationship. They live in the middle of nowhere. And the girl at some point leaves. And the guy is 
has a monster coming to his door every night. That's the premise. A monster is coming to his door. He doesn't know what it is, but it's a full-on, like, sci-fi monster or, you know, horror monster. Girl left. He's in sort of emotional anguish that she left. He doesn't know why she left. And he sits around for 90 minutes <laughs> moping. <laughs> and there is one moment, one moment at the end that I could go, I, I could see somebody going, oh, that was pretty awesome. But it literally is one moment that could have, be conve could have been conveyed in, in a two-minute sketch. And it would have probably had the same exact impact. It wouldn't have required nonsense for 90 minutes. And I, I feel bad ragging this hard on this movie. But I kept watching it going, what am I missing? What? Am I missing? And I do think that one moment at the end is the thing that I was missing, and it's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough, you guys. Wow. Well, this so, movie this movie has a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes um, <laughs> as FYI. Like a lot of a lot of critics seem to love it. Forty eight percent audience score. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in like the audience. Jeff's there. more in the audience than this one. Yeah, um, but. Jeff, it seems like maybe they just thought you would dig the like. Seems like a hangout movie was more about vibes, which is something that you deal with. Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm not sure if it was malicious. You know, I kind of I, I genuinely don't know. I'm inclined to believe it is not malicious, which is why I yeah. feel a bit of a regret coming down so hard against this because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I again, in the same way that that I talked about earlier with regard to uh, you know getting corrections and stuff, like I know people's hearts in the right place. But it, 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 this was a real, real miss for me, mm. and uh, it made me, it made me, you know, all you guys, everything you've been saying about how you don't trust us, you trust the audience. I have, that's right. <laughs> and this might be the, this might be, yeah, yeah. the last time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I'm sorry you did not like After Midnight on Shutter, Jeff. Hey, by the way, you know what? I just realized. Uh, I think you got the tweet wrong, Jeff. It's, it's about Before Midnight, the Richard Linklater movie. <laughs> You know what? Which is actually a great movie. Uh -huh. That's on me. It is weird that Before Midnight is on Shudder, but <laughs> it's weird that a you know somewhat slow movie that doesn't have any horror elements in it. Uh, it's, a, it's about yeah, a, a delightful like, rom com, yeah. a slow burn drama. You know, it's a slow like, burn of having a rom com elements, marriage. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's it's marriage issue. The, yeah. the banality of being married for too long. You know, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I evidently just hit Shudder just in time for Shocktober. <laughs> Before midnight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Turns out it also stars the grabber. Yeah. <laughs> it does star the grabber. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a grabber prequel is what that is. Well, <laughs> uh okay, so you didn't like After Midnight, and not only did you not like After Midnight, you not you disliked it so much it has shattered your faith in the entire institution of hashtag slash tag. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hearing. I'm gonna need some folks to to, mm -hmm. to win me back. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this yeah. honestly, if so, I, I'm just saying, if you use language like be be careful the power that you wield. If you use language like, I have been watching. It's pronounced you, I don't say this. Oh, sorry. I, Go ahead. I never, <laughs> I never say this. I I won't even. I never reach out to people. It's this important that I'm using a service I never used before. I've been watching you for years. I'm using my one opportunity to recommend this one thing to you. 
I'm just asking you, you know, yeah. uh, understand the what, power that you're wielding. What would go into that category for you, Jeff Kanata? Because for me, there's literally a list of maybe three to four movies that would fall into that category, right? That I would feel good recommending no matter what. Yeah, this is um, this is this is something that I have used on my friends. You yeah, know? This yeah, is yeah, something exactly. like, tr- like you know, all the trust that we've built up right now. Yeah, like watch. I, I just used this recently. Uh-huh, I was like, uh-huh. uh, watch the first shot of Athena. Just yes, yeah, don't, great. Just don't you know? Trust me. Watch the first shot of Athena. If you don't think it's amazing, you can turn it off after the after the title card of Athena. Yeah. you can turn it off if you're not hooked. Yes, you know, totally. That's a that's great, kind of great I, way of. That's that's an awesome one, Jeff. Because um, you're giving people an out. You know, yeah. Uh, it's also like an under undersung. Like it's not a movie enough people are talking about, in my opinion, right? So like, yeah. uh, you're you're getting out the word of this smaller movie that not many people know about, the, right? The that's other a, one I did recently that's a very was, responsible use of that. Well, thank you. Of that. The the other one I did uh, not too long ago, just uh, maybe last year, or whenever it was, was I said, I, I texted a bunch of my friends and I said, if you've ever believed in in anything I've said, <laughs> don't look up anything about it. Just just yeah. Buy Beyond the Infinite two minutes yes. and yep. watch it. Yep. Just don't, just watch it. Just trust me on this one. So like I use that that you know like I you garner the goodwill and you spend it. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, you, you know, the difference is like you know if this person's tweeting at you and you've never heard from them, they they didn't garner that much goodwill, right? Like you're saying the the listeners collectively have garnered goodwill. Well, yes, but they got yeah. he he garners the goodwill in the body of the tweet by saying, I see. Yeah. Hey. I, you know, he, here's the thing. I don't do this. This is super important. I've been listening for you, to you for years. I'm, it matters to me that you watch this. Yeah. Uh, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get a bunch of emails from people who are like, that movie's awesome. You're an idiot. And that's probably true. <laughs> I found it to be barely watchable. Mm-hmm. Can't mm-hmm. believe Goofy is sending you hate mail, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> that's how I read all of it in that voice. Gore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for me, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even risk, like, I love Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. That's not even a thing I would risk social capital on, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that's, because people are so different, you know, like, I probably would only recommend stuff that I think should have been mass market, but wasn't. Um, so, like, Mad Max. fits that category for me, I think. Oh yeah, sure, fair enough. Um, but like, but I, I just don't think there's like mass appeal in Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Personally, it's a movie I love. It's like one of my favorite things. But like, but don't you think most of your friends would love it? Like the people that you I, care I don't about hang in the out world? with. It. Like most of my friends aren't into movies. That's why I started a movie podcast, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it'd be like Mad Max Fury Road. You know, it'd be like that's the kind of stuff that. Well, I'd be yeah, but that feels like you don't. It doesn't need your help. Well, you know, to my friends who haven't seen it, it does. That's what okay. I'm saying, right? Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I guess I'm just I'm impressed at like basically you're more bold than me in terms of recommending stuff is what I'm trying to say, right? And then this person on the internet was even more bold than you because they're recommending something that like is, is, is from all I can tell reading about the movie is quite risky to recommend to someone, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. a way that like even if uh, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, even if you don't like that movie, you can at least appreciate that it's doing something very different. Right. Whereas After Midnight doesn't seem like there's that much different about it than other horror movies. I mean, it's different in the sense that it's not good. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that, different. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. All right. <laughs> Devendra, is there any movie you'd burn social capital on recommending? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it depends on the person. I can't. It, 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 yeah, it's so different. Thing. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't recommend Beyond the Infinite two minutes, everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's people people like different things, and so yeah, I, I don't know. It but, um I, I will I say think, though, uh, Jeff, um, <laughs> having not listened to us in in a while about things, uh, I hear you like easy breezy thirty minute shows you can watch <laughs> with your wife. Um, yeah. Let's just rewind like eight years or so to when I started talking about Mozart in the jungle. Um, <laughs> you want to hear the intricacies of uh, mm. the uh, you know the orchestra world? Uh, you should yeah, probably check yeah. that out. Is that easy breezy? Is that it's that's super easy breezy? That show is easy it, breezy. It is a fun like little romantic comedy. Like that's basically right. what it is. It's very cute. All right. Well, uh, sorry you had a bad experience with After Midnight streaming right now on Shutter. Uh, you know that person tweeted that they don't usually tweet at people. Uh-huh. I have a feeling they're not going to anymore, Jeff. <laughs> I, 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 I do feel bad. Closing their accounts right now. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel bad. Like, what is, the, what's the, what's the calculus for? Uh, you stole an hour and a half of my life. Like, how much do I, how much do I yeah. harm your psyche? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the, what's, what's fair? fair. What's a fair trade? Yeah, that... I don't. I feel. I don't want to overstep. Maybe I already have. But uh, yeah, uh, that's after midnight on Shutter. Okay, Jeff. What else have you been watching? I checked out the first two episodes of The Peripheral, uh, Amazon Prime's new original series. Uh, you know, we, the, the, uh, Rings of Power, which I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed, uh, wrapped up. Uh, How's the Dragon wrapped up this last week. Uh, She-Hulk wrapped up. Uh, I think Andor's close to wrapping up. I got some time. Uh, Andor, Andor is uh, five weeks away yeah, from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's long. That's There's great. 12, 12 I want episodes. more Andor. 12 episodes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Bring it. Don't stop at the Andor. I don't want. I don't want to stop at the Andor. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. These shows that I have been watching uh, without my wife, uh, there's now a, a, a an open spot. And she uh, had no interest in the peripheral. So I was like, hey, maybe the peripheral is my new prestige watching solo show. So I checked out the first two episodes, both of which are longer than an hour. This is the new thing. Yeah. Directed yeah. by Vincenzo Natale, by the way. So that yes. got my interest. Friend, Vincenzo Natale. Friend of the podcast, In- Vincenzo Natale. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, man, I was rooting for the show. I think the show is beautifully directed. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous show. Um, but man, it, it, it feels very clunky to me. Um, I, I keep wanting it, to, it. You know, the second episode is where you really kind of get the premise, uh, the f- first over an hour of the show, uh, is, it, it, it's got some cool stuff in it, but you don't really get the actual premise of what's going on until the second episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to continue with the peripheral. Um, I like, uh, Chloe Moretz. I think she's such a great actor and, and very watchable coming back after a while too. Like she, she has not been in things for a long while. Yeah. 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 This show it's spinning a lot of different plates. You know, it's it's doing sci-fi. It's got some, you know, I'm into VR. It's got a, some VR and gaming elements. There's an extended sequence in the first episode of, like, what a video game might look like 10 years from now. And none of it really works for me. Um, it, it, I, I, I was rooting for the show, and maybe it'll come together longer. I just don't know if I'm going to put the time in. As gorgeous as it is and as as visually interesting as it is, I think it, it it conveys its ideas pretty clunkily, and um, I don't think the writing is super strong. 
So I don't think I'm going to continue with the peripheral. It's a, it's a disappointment for me. I don't, did either of you guys check out any of it? No, I, I no, was going to check it out, though, at some point. Yeah, on my list, um, especially because Vincenzo Natale, and he's such a talented director, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I think the, this is also executive produced by Lisa Joy, who did Westworld. Um, yeah, and it involves uh, uh, Jonathan jo- Nolan. Yeah, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, you know, they've done some good work together before, but... Uh yeah, I'm sorry you're not enjoying it that much. I'm gonna check it out just because I want to see Vincenzo's work. But mm-hmm. uh, also should yeah. note it's based on a William Gibson novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's which I have not read. Cyberpunky. Also, I'm just looking yeah. like it is being adapted by the writer of a Simple Plan. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Like the, Yeah. There's I, a lot of talent behind this movie. I know. I was this super show, yeah. excited about yeah, it, and it just man, it feels really. Um, slow and plodding to me and and uh it just all maybe these ideas will will coalesce uh toward the end of this or you know later in the series uh but for me i just i I, as beautiful as it is and as interesting as some of the actors are i i'm just I, i think i'm out all right well that's peripheral streaming right now on prime video before we wrap up what we've been watching guys i do want to tell you one thing that uh, I forgot to mention. I actually meant to text this to you. I never got around to it. Um, but I'm going to text it to you now. Um, so, which is, makes for great radio, obviously. <laughs> During Love is Blind Season 3, one of the couples walks towards this tree that's been hung up with all these lights that are illuminated. I've just texted you the image of it on, on text. You guys yeah, get that? Beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. And one of them says to the other... Oh my gosh, I feel like we're in Avatar now. <gasps> this is the tree from Avatar. Yeah. And uh I just want to say holy crap. Like And the other one people, how, what did the what did the person yeah, reply? Yeah, yeah, they both they both understood that what yeah. that reference was. So mm-hmm. just want to say it's you happening. Know, it's happening. Devendra made Devendra made a really convincing case that it's not culturally relevant, but here we have Love is Blind season 3, one of the <laughs> top shows on Netflix. Yeah, making the case that it is a reference point. For to- totally reference. Somebody, somebody tweeted the uh, the Pandora Flakes cereal. What's happening? Yeah. Oh yeah, I wanted to pitch you guys about that. Uh-huh. I think, I'll eat that. I'll I think eat we that should shit. we should do that as an after dark we, we where we eat totally, it we on camera. Totally it. But then, yeah, yeah, then yeah. the quick edit happened, which is uh, the far more relevant cereal media is Andor, <laughs> which specifically <laughs> features blue cereal being eaten yeah. by the biggest dweeb in the galaxy. So <laughs> I think it's blue milk that he's eating like with, blue milk with no, cereal. No, 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 no. It's blue cereal. It's blue, yeah, it's blue cereal. It's, it's, yeah. Maybe it's, it's turning it, into yes. blue. I don't know. Um, no, the milk is blue in Star Wars. That's the whole thing. But anyway, it, 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 it's, Uncle it's Owen funny. serves blue milk to Luke. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. There, there is blue milk and yeah, also yeah, the cereal yeah. is blue. It's just funny if you yeah. hide the, the, the title of Pandora cereal, you see what it, what it really is. It's Andor cereal. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Pandora, it's Andor. Yeah. Period. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Anyway, uh yeah, we so people have suggested it. I think here's here's what I'm here's what I propose. If you see the Avatar cereal uh-huh. um at your local grocery store, buy it. <laughs> and if you can't <laughs> You're if you saying don't, to the audience? No, oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying to everybody. you I'm saying to you too, you guys buy it. And then 
if like, you're in, if you're in earshot of our voice and you can buy the yeah. cereal, you're in the th- you're in the grocery well, store right now <laughs> while you're listening. Well, to I, <laughs> well, I also think it's possible we will not be able to obtain the Pandora, mm-hmm. the Avatar cereal. You know, it's, it's like so, such high demand. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's unobtainable. Yeah, so, so there is a <laughs> there is a possibility we will need people out there to buy the cereal. So, not yet. I'm not asking you to go buy the uh-huh, Avatar uh-huh. cereal for us, but I'm asking you two guys if you see the Avatar cereal at the store, buy it. This, this is a Kellogg cereal. It, so, it should wait. just be out there. We should just be able to find it. It's Frosted Flakes Dave, with it, blueberry. That's all it is. If a if a cereal <laughs> shows up in your mailbox, you're going to eat it. If it's factory sealed, Jeff, yeah. But <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you think? What All do you right. think people are gonna like? They're that obsessed with hurting me saying, that they're gonna they're gonna open this, it, sprinkle some anthrax in there, and then reseal it. This whole this whole hashtag slash tag thing has really <laughs> broken my trust. <laughs> anyway, we should okay. be able to find so, it. This is a Kellogg series. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so try to buy it, and then w- once we all have it. We will do an after dark or video thing where we eat it on the air, and that'll be a lot of fun. So, um, but uh, until then, uh, we're going to take a break for some sponsors, and we'll be right back with our review of Black Adam. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, uh, folks, before we get to our review, uh, some weekly plugs real quick. We're going to do weekly plugs. Welcome to Weekly Plugs, a part of the show where we plug something else we've been making. This week, I recorded the season one finale episode of A Cast of Kings podcast with Kim Renfro. Uh, pretty solid episode of television, in my opinion. Pretty pretty great ending for the season. So uh, I've been really grateful to work with Kim this season. She is one of the foremost Game of Thrones experts on the internet. Um, literally wrote a book about Game of Thrones, uh, incredibly talented, and uh, check out our podcast, A Cast of Kings, over at acastofkings.com. That's my weekly plug. Devinder Hardwar, what's your weekly plug? Oh, yeah. I want to shout out the latest episode of the Engadget podcast. Uh, we talked about the new iPads Apple just announced last week, kind of out of nowhere, and uh, why they're so confusing and why you probably shouldn't be buying the new base iPad. So check out that on the Engadget podcast. Really weird set of iPads Very weird. this year. Just so Very weird. weird. Yeah. Very weird. Feels like a real in-between time period we're in right mm-hmm, now with the iPads. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug? 
Huge week for my video game podcast, which is called DLC, episode 466, which just posted, uh, features our guest, Brendan Bigley, who works for Marvel. Uh, and we uh, we had just a jam-packed, it's overwhelming. The, sh- the show was extra long just because of how much stuff. This is it. This is the fall pre-holiday deluge of the biggest, baddest video games that are coming out. Um, my co-host Christian and I both got early copies of God of War Ragnarok, and we were able to talk uh, early impressions uh, about God of War Ragnarok. Um, uh, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, uh, Marvel Snap, which with someone that actually works at Marvel, Gotham Knights, uh, Plague Tale Requiem. This list goes on and on. It's one of the most jam-packed episodes of big, huge releases. Uh, so if you're even remotely in- interested in video games, give this one a listen. It's a really great episode. DLC episode 466 with Brendan Bigley. You can find it at 5x5.tv slash DLC. I want to give a plug for patreon.com slash film podcast, where you can sign up for ad-free episodes and exclusive After Darks. I think this season, you know, this season of the show, the season of life, um, we're going to be using the After Darks to cover a lot of upcoming prestige movies that are coming out. Because this is a season where basically our lives as film reviewers become hell, uh, because uh, all the movies that the studios have been holding back all year for reasons uh they they dump all you know yeah, limited release yeah. and streaming and it's like they're all like tar uh, three hours long and yeah they're yeah. all like tar and they're all they're like most of them are really good mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we we just don't have time to get to all of them during the main episode so we are going to be using the after darks probably to review a lot of movies this season um and so if you want to be signed up for that make sure you go to patreon.com slash film podcast sign up for every episodes and exclusive after darks of course we never want anyone to donate if it in any way causes them financial hardship. I also want to point out, by the way, we've been posting clips from the After Dark on youtube.com slash slash filmcast. So you can still enjoy clips from the After Dark, but get the full things by going to patreon.com slash filmpodcast. If you don't want to donate at all uh, or don't have the resources, that's completely fine. We never want you to donate if it causes you hardship. Uh, but uh, you can still support us by sharing the podcast on your social medias, tweeting about the podcast, and leaving a review for us. At Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, it really does make a huge difference. We really appreciate it. All right, folks, let's get to our review of Black Adam. My son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. This loose cannon needs to be locked down before innocent people start getting hurt. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. You find us a cell that can hold him, we'll take care of the rest. Who's on the team? You are listening to or watching the film cast. We're about to dive into Black Adam. I'm going to read the plot summary for Black Adam on IMDb. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. I want to start this review by reading one of the most depressing emails I've ever received at slash filmcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, it's, al- it's also a good email. It's a great, it's a great email. Um, this email comes in from Ryan, who writes in with the subject line, Black Adam, what is art? Uh, Ryan writes, I have listened to the film cast for 11 plus years, and there is no chance in hell Dave or Devinder liked Black Adam. So let me preemptively come to its defense. I ask you, gentlemen, must something be art for it to have intrinsic value? <laughs> when I bite into a chocolate bar, I'm not biting into art, mm. but I appreciate the shot of dopamine it delivers nonetheless. When I skydive, my brain's happy chemicals start flowing, and I feel alive. Black Adam was an objectively terrible movie. An objectively terrible movie. I recognize that. Nothing ever made sense. Every story beat felt safe and generic. Dwayne Johnson putting one of the worst acting performances of his career, and we even got a generic skybeam. If Jeff defends the filmmaking, he should feel bad. But I have to tell you, a movie composed of nearly 100% CGI action scenes made the dopamine flow. And I certainly spent $25 on worse things to make the happy chemicals flow for two hours. In the, dying movie industry, in the dying movie industry, there's a place for dopamine delivery systems like Black Adam and for higher art like Tar and Moon Age Daydream. Let's embrace them all, end quote. I like that, uh, that moniker, dopamine delivery. <laughs> like that, that's what we should just label a lot of movies. Yeah. So... Here's the question mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. Divindra Hardwar. Must something be art for it to have intrinsic value? Wait, well, wait, 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 wait. Before we get there, <laughs> why do I get thrown under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we, we don't know. Well, we don't what's know funny, what's here's the thing. We've been doing this for so long now. Mm-hmm. Right? People, people can basically write Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Film cast fanfic, right? Like it's, it's they like often an AI they, model. They, they, they often they know, the like they yeah. assume they know what our opinion's going to yes. be, right? Yes. For every episode, right? I gotta say the 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 one that uh, our own friend Peter Soretta wrote about our review of the serial, the Avatar yes. serial, was yes. pretty top tier. Yes, pretty good. It's very yeah. right on. It's very right on. So yeah. so so somebody heard into the future of what Jeff Kanata's review would be, and he's like, Jeff's going to defend this movie now. I just I I, I don't like the idea of like. You guys want uh, movies to be art. Jeff doesn't give a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, Jeff, don't you worry about this big question of whether or not movies can be art. Let Devendra and David Chen that, handle that. Did you enjoy the popcorn, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> so, Devendra Hardwar, uh, is Black Adam art? Uh, or, or, you know, let, let me put it I this think way. that's the wrong question. Let's okay. assume it's not art. Yeah, Was yeah. it even, uh, on Ryan's terms, an effective dopamine delivery system? What do you think, David Hardware? Sure, because that's that's the bare minimum of anything. Watching <laughs> you know moving images flicker in front of my eyes <laughs> it, it, it delivers dopamine to me. You, you don't have to do anything. Um, I, I did see, I read that letter earlier, and I thought, yeah, sure, you, you can like whatever you like. Even this uh, this listener is agreeing, like... There are so many things about this movie that are just objectively just kind of awful and bad. Um, I don't think every movie has to be art, but I do think I do think um, I, I will give movies uh, the benefit of the doubt if they're trying something new, if they're trying to be different, if they're trying to push some boundaries. I've done that before. Uh, what was what was the thing we just talked about? Where um, yeah, Halloween, Halloween ends. I feel yeah, like yeah. is is a messy movie, but it's doing some really interesting things, and I will give a movie credit for that. Um, this movie is the exact opposite of something like that, right? Like, what if you do the most boring thing at every possible opportunity? And that is, those are the kinds of movies that 
kind of uh, hurt me the most, you know, because you're wasting my time, you know, you're just, and you're going to be fine. Like this, this, this listener didn't have to come in and defend this movie. It is um, the most popular uh, movie starring, like it's the biggest, it's the most popular, it's the the highest grossing movie starring Dwayne, the rock Johnson. uh, That's also called black Adam. I don't know if you're, it's also, there are a lot of qualifiers. (laughs) It's done done pretty well. It's done decently. It's done really, really well. Um, These movies don't need our defending. My thing is, um, that's are, what the you enterta- for. are you entertaining? You know, are you doing something interesting? And I don't think this movie ever really does. It's not the worst superhero movie I've seen. It's not the most boring or anything. Um, but I think it is very indicative of my issues with The Rock as a movie star and kind of the way he he produces things, too. Um, there's a really great uh, breakdown of all this over at NPR and Pop Culture Happy Hour. Glenn Weldon is a comic book nerd, and he... He did a freaking thesis about like how like basically reverse engineering this movie around just making the rock black Adam. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure because that's it. Right. But the, the latest version of black Adam looks a lot like the rock and the rock was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll make that. Um, this movie doesn't work on many, many levels just because I don't I don't know who this character is. I don't understand him. He's apparently a very angry anti-hero anti-Superman who, who's mad at people for reasons. Um, the movie sets up like why he would be mad at a very specific person back in, in ancient times. Does does not explain at all why he's like, oh, I'm just going to kill everybody now. That's my thing. I'm pissed off. Um, I need to hover all the time as a power move. Uh, he has no personality. He has no like real interest or anything going on. Um, I, I think it's both an example of The Rock trying to want to be an anti-hero, but also not stretching it far enough to make this character interesting or flawed enough to be very compelling. Like, there's just not much going on in this movie and specifically around The Rock's performance. I've talked about, like, I, I think he's just a very boring movie star right now because he's always playing it safe in almost all of his movies now. Certainly 2010 era Rock and thereafter, right? You know, post maybe Fast Five. Um his movies, he just wants to be the four quadrant guy. He wants to be the guy that pleases everybody at all times, uh, to the detriment of actually making entertainment, entertaining movies. Uh, what was the, was it skyscraper? Yes. The one, the rock versus the big building. Um, it, it's things like that. It's always about the rock, saving the fam- saving his family, uh, being the boy scout. Um, it's being very like, but that's not what this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue this takes the most chances. This is the rock taking the most chances he yeah. has in a while. It, it's uh, taking so. chances, but also it doesn't, it doesn't go far enough. Like just glad, just being just glowering basically yeah. and being angry yeah, here, and killing people i don't think is enough to be interesting because there's nothing behind it that's right. my what, ultimate thing yeah what what i'll give you what i'll give you is that i don't find the rock's journey or the character black adam teth adam's journey as rendered in the movie particularly compelling yeah. right like yeah. he spends most of the movie like 80% of the movie in one mode and there are reasons for that that we'll discuss in spoilers um but yeah, I, I I do think I give him a little bit more credit than kind of your. I, I agree with you. His career has largely been pretty boring. San Andreas, skyscraper, yeah. like all these are basically the same movie. Um, this is we're far away from the Dwayne Johnson that played Boxer Santoros in the Richard Kelly movie yeah. Southland Tales. You yeah. know, that's or, like a or risky even something role. like the the rundown, right? Like a nice, yeah. easy breezy action movie where he gets to be like a, a fun, quippy action star, but has like rough edges to him. Um, yeah. The other thing is, I, I don't think this movie is really doing anything interesting because it's introducing a whole new set of DC superheroes, and it is just 
it's hard to look at these new people coming and be like, guys, I mean, you just look like B-grade Marvel people right now. <laughs> yeah. like, even though you were probably introduced earlier in the timeline of the comics, whatever, um, you got another guy with wings. You've got another <laughs> wizardy doctor man with with magic powers. Um, I actually think those other characters, uh, freaking Pierce Brosnan in this, Altus Hodge, um, I think the people around Black Adam could be interesting. Like, this could be a really interesting yeah. movie. The other thing is... This is a movie set in the Shazam corner of of the DC universe, and he, they say Shazam several times, right? Like the 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 character who gave Shazam his powers is here in this movie, giving Black Adam his powers. Um, but no, no Shazam, no Shazam to be found. There there was other people, but it, it seems weirdly very weird that The Rock didn't want to even share like that specific angle of what's happening because you could easily do some sort of team up or something more interesting i feel like centering this movie around black adam is probably the biggest failure because he's the least interesting person in this movie uh yeah i think there's an actually strong case to be made that this movie should have been called the justice society or something sure, like that sure. you know um but anyway jeff canada your thoughts on black adam well dave i guess you could say my thoughts on black adam are best summed up the form of a limerick 15 years later sorry hang on wrong i messed that up <laughs> 15 years later they had him in the role of the hero black adam and the final product undoubtedly sucks but somehow i can't stay mad adam wow <laughs> i still love the rock what, what are you gonna do and yeah. here's the thing man here's the thing we talked about this uh, a little. So on, Ryan, uh, Ryan's prophecy came true from the email. No, it's in. What are you talking about? No, I, the movie sucks. The movie sucks. Okay, I'm not okay, defending the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm saying. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. I'm saying uh, that uh, we talked about this a little on my on my show DLC on the on our uh, bonus Patreon content. If you look at at the Rock's filmography and you take out the the Fast franchise, he makes terrible movies, and yet. I still love him. Him being in a movie is a plus for me. I love, I, I don't, I mean, I'm an old wrestling fan from, mm -hmm, from, mm -hmm. you know, way back. But so, so I have some uh, um, affection for the persona that he created in the WWE. And maybe that colors my opinion of him. But it's weird to me that he seems to be sort of Teflon in his track record is not worthy of his level of appeal. Like yeah, he, he makes yeah. bad movies. But, okay, hold there's on. Hold a the, difference in those the, the, movies. The, the, okay, yeah. I can't believe you guys are freaking putting me putting me in this position. How dare yep. you? How sure. dare you? But I'm gonna make the case for The Rock. Okay. Uh huh. Obviously, super jacked, charismatic, very fit person. Uh, here are some of the movies that I think are legit great that The Rock great. has been involved in. Wow, yes. great. The okay, not 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 okay. Maybe great's too strong a word. Um. <laughs> But uh, good, good. Uh, Jumanji, really, really fun. I never really, really sure. a blast. Wait, you uh, didn't see Jumanji, Jeff? I didn't see Jumanji. The one about oh. video games? <laughs> yeah, I never got around to it. Yeah, you, you would like that. You would like that. Uh, yeah. Jumanji one was really fun. Jumanji yep. two, okay, still good, but not mm -hmm. not great. Um, but yeah, a, a couple of really fun movies, and The Rock is great in them, in my yep. opinion. Yeah. Pain and Gain. 2013, uh, probably 2013. one of Michael yeah. Bay's best movies. Probably The Rock's best performance. His, it's definitely Michael Bay's best movie. But yeah, yeah, one one of them. I, I still prefer The Rock personally. But mm -hmm. um, Pain and Gain, awesome. That was 2013. Um, Moana, 
A lot yeah, of people hate. That doesn't A lot of people count. hating on the rock singing doesn't in count. that movie, but okay, he's that doesn't not, count. He's That's not a rock star. movie. Yeah, it's not yeah. a rock movie. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's great in Moana. Great, mm-hmm. but it's not a rock movie. It's not a Dwayne Johnson movie. It's it's a Disney Pixar animated movie yeah. mm-hmm. that features his voice. And that's all I got. No, exactly. My, no, 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 no. My thing is the early, certainly uh, 2000 eras rock. The rock where he was struggling to get out of, you know, the the, the wrestling uh, viewpoint. Like uh, he didn't just want to be the heel as a, as a wrestler. I think The Rundown, which is a 2003 movie directed yeah, by Peter, Peter Berg. Yeah. It's fun. It is a fun, like, lean and mean action movie. Like, that was a movie where he had to try. He had to try to be interesting. Uh, Southland Tales, I think, is an interesting experiment. It's not a rock rock. movie. But but he is fun in it. Um, Certainly agree with with, um, Pain and Gain. The other one is The Other Guys. Where he is really, really funny. Oh, and yeah. Everybody's forgotten about that. Movie. But he's in like Again, 20, he's, he's in like side, 10 minutes of that movie. Side character. Yeah. Side yeah. character. I'm but, saying, I'm yeah. saying San Andreas, Rampage, Skyscraper, all the later Doom. Rock movies. Uh, yes. Like, yes. Like, it, it just, the list goes on and on and on of the ones that are him centric and are just, and yet, my point is, I still love The Rock. I still love The Rock. And I'm still okay. going to go okay. see his movies. I don't know. It's like, fool me once. Continue fooling me, The Rock. <laughs> Continue fooling me. And here, so let me just talk a little bit about what I think yeah, about this movie. Sure, sure. Which is, I, I saw a great headline. Uh, I can't remember who it, I should attribute it to, but I saw a great headline that said, the uh, Black Adam is a movie for children that teaches them that murdering people is the best thing you can do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's unfortunate, you know? Uh, I, don't understand, I don't understand so much about this movie. But let me start with the things I liked. I think the humor in this movie though it is few and far between, almost always worked for me. Anytime the movie dared to be funny or have a quip, uh, I liked it. There's a few moments where The Rock gets to make, you know, like, Black Adam don't understand type jokes, you know? And uh, they all work. Is he the Terminator for some reason? He is a robot who doesn't understand that killing people is bad. Very weird. Well, I mean, I think we're supposed to think that his his culture was so brutal that that's just he doesn't understand these modern times where I there's know. human rights. You know, I, I don't know, um, especially given the backstory we see, like there, there yeah. were definitely people arguing for, for other things. But yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I will say, I think all of the moments where it dared to be humorous, the movie as a whole, not just his his yeah. moments, Mo but the whole movie. Great. It, yeah. And I wish it had leaned into that a bit more because I think it genuinely worked. I think Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate is inspired and awesome. Dr. Fate is an amazing character in the DC comics. I love that they put him in this movie. The, the costume is perfect. It looks great. He looks great. Pierce Brosnan is great. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, the visuals of his powers look really cool too. Like they yes. do some yeah. good work there. Yeah. Now that's the end of my list of what's good. Um, but can I, can I add to the list actually, before you yeah, go yes, on? Stuff. Um, yes. I, I really like the use of slow motion in the movie. Um, mm, it really? really is very similar to like Zack Snyder stuff. Sure. Uh, speed ramping and stuff. But you, you know, Zack Snyder, say what you will about the tenets of Zack Snyder, but one of the things he did in his movies was he treated these characters like gods, right? Sure. And yeah, it's like, yeah. he uses like the cinematic image, like, uh, people use 
huge murals like of years past where like yeah. these people are clashing and there's lightning everywhere and we're seeing how powerful they are and you really get to appreciate that with a slow motion. Um, I much prefer slow motion to it's all jumbled and you can't see anything that's going on. And so um, most of the action was pretty comprehensible and a lot of it mm-hmm. was because of the slow motion. And I like, yeah, I, I like that mm-hmm. slow motion stuff and um, I, some I of the say- action scenes... I wouldn't say yep. just because of the slow motion too. Like you're, you're probably going to go on to phases, but the the action scenes are actually like well framed. Yeah, and mostly well pretty comp- mostly like, pretty comprehensible. Yeah, the, so. the thing where he wakes up basically and just like lays waste to all the soldiers there. Yeah, um, is like looks good and actually brings in some good use of like background CG, the way he's flying around and just tearing yeah. people yeah. apart. Like this is a uh, you know it, it's a Jame Kolezara movie, and I think this guy he can be talented. Uh, when he's not like making some really badly Anissa movie sometimes, but he he has uh, clearly he has a good visual sensibility, and yet that still came through even though a lot of this movie just didn't feel super compelling. Yeah, I disagree about the action mm. sequences. Okay, I found them like to them. be pretty banal and okay. uninteresting and uninspired. And here you have a guy who's massive who has a history of live action performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I take any moment from any of the his appearances in the Fast franchise. Where he like actually is, be- you know, sure. yeah. beating up people. I, I-, I think it's more interesting. Um, but anyway, um, it's it- it's also interesting to see. You know, I-, I know I'm a Marvel zombie from way back. I I know that I'm I'm not uh, objective in this perspective. I I do care about the Marvel characters more than the DC characters. And I- but I'm rooting for DC. I'm rooting for DC. I'm rooting for these characters. I want them to do something resembling anything in- cinematically. Um, but you know, it, it it just so it feels so desperate and sad when they you know cobble together this Justice Society in this movie. If Mar, you know, you you look at how Marvel would have done it. Each of these characters would have been seated in their own TV series or their or mm-hmm. other movie totally, or yeah. you know. And and here we like are introduced to characters. We're supposed to care about this yeah. team. It, Another it's Justice all so League, rushed, you know, basically like the yeah. B team. Yeah, yeah, but it's and it's all we. we have to be we have to understand who they are what their powers are how they fit in care about them all in the context of somebody else's movie mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's all so rushed and so squandered and so yeah flat and uninteresting uh even with you know a character like dr fate who's awesome mm-hmm. and then it, 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 it's it, it's the worst tendencies of the dc yeah. universe basically yeah. yes yeah. I, yeah. I, they, I, they I want to cut to the, the end without doing the work basically is absolutely like i can't get over yeah. the fact that one of the other characters is named adam smasher which i know that character and he's sort of like the anti-ant-man basically or like that one mode ant-man can do but he sounds like adam smasher to me <laughs> and i feel like a general a general audience is just like this, this guy his thing is he's just here to smash he just, black adam he, he, yeah. <laughs> they never call him black adam in the movie too like yeah, that that's yeah. that's a whole thing uh yeah, yeah. Weird. Actually, I think yeah. they call him that in the post credits, if I recall. In the, well, well, that, that that's is the whole the, thing. He, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the guys. You're just yeah. ruining the end. Just, but yeah, don't that's, ruin the ending. Okay, don't ruin the ending. That's okay, the thing. Okay. I mean, but, um, no, I'm being. Okay, I'm joking. I'll cut, I'll I'm, cut, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> that is the big drop of how this movie yeah. ends because they never yeah. call him Black Adam, and then you, you end on the the, the yeah. rock smirk. Basically, that's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't need to go on. It, it, it's it, it is uh, yeah. the movie is a massive disappointment on f- pretty much every level. It just it feels like the you know the ex. It feels like a '90s superhero movie made mm-hmm. with now technology. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, yeah. it it just doesn't it doesn't understand what it's what it's there to do. It, it's just providing you flash that is hollow. You know. Anyway, I I I, I was. 
uninterested, like the level of money and, and spectacle that is being sprayed across the screen at any given moment should at least elicit some of that dopamine. But I was, I was just completely like, when is this mm -hmm. over? Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's an opening sequence where it's basically like a Tomb Raider thing where they're after some sort of artifact and they just walk in guys. They just, Hey, <laughs> look yeah. at that sign. That sign looks like it's leading to the artifact. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the artifact floating in the air. I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do a Mario brothers jump and get the artifact. That's mm -hmm. it. That's the adventuring we're going to do at the mm -hmm. beginning of this movie. All right. Uh, I can't really disagree with anything you guys are saying. I didn't think the movie was very good. Uh, you know, I think I like the action more than you, Jeff. I thought there's some cool moments of the action. Um, but what else did I like? Oh, yeah. I, I do think this is The Rock taking a bit of a chance. You know? That's I true. Do think, I do think he is mostly an unpleasant person for most of the movie. And I do think that, like, that's, that's a departure from how, how he usually yeah. behaves. I, I don't know um, if that's the chance. We were looking for like yes, he, he's doing bad things, but he, he well, basically is like never tapping into the one aspect we all kind of like about the Rock, like his charisma, right? Like, what if I, what if I'm just not charismatic? I don't, I don't know I, if that's I, the big I, risk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't agree. Like, I think that people, you know, if we, if he was his same old self, we'd be complaining that he's the same old self. I think like he's trying There's to do something very, very yeah. different, very different than what he's done before. And if this is the thing, this is the thing that people say, like Will Smith too, when he plays like an unpleasant person in a movie, people are like, why aren't we leaning on that Will Smith charisma? And it's like, well, he, he wanted to try does. something different. He wanted yeah. to try something different. And, and I think you want to try something different. The problem with this movie is the messages are all incredibly jumbled. Like what is the movie trying to say about imperialism Violence. or colonialism heroes I, yeah you know uh, it's it's completely incomprehensible in my opinion um and also uh, the big problem that jeff alluded to is it makes uh cruelty and murder look cool like it's kind of what i think this movie does which is yes dwayne the rock johnson is a bad guy at the beginning of the film and his journey is very fitfully to become like not as bad of a guy but for most of the movie, he is cruelly murder, like he's cruelly killing all these guys. Sometimes in self defense, but sometimes he's provoking it, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it makes the killing look really, really cool. Yeah. And this is the first time I can remember seeing like really a lot of cruelty mm -hmm. in um, a superhero film, where like mm -hmm. some of these people are like literally begging for their lives, and then he's just like, "Bloop!" I'm like Bloop. killing this guy, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like I it's haven't rough. seen. I haven't seen cruelty mm -hmm. in a while in super like that I can recall in superhero. We see films. a guy vapor we see a skeleton and we see a skull and he his body gets vaporized. My thing, the whole thing about like I don't think it's that much of a risk is that these are all bad guys. Like these are all guys who have sold <laughs> yeah. their souls. I'm saying to private, in the context you know, of Dwayne thing. the Rock Johnson's yeah. career, it's sure, it's a sure. risk. You know what I'm saying? Um, but mm -hmm. yes, I, I agree. In the movie, it doesn't make for a particularly interesting story. I don't. For sure. Yeah, like, I, I don't so. much care about their fates. Uh, it's more like the movie doesn't yeah you're right that it's muddled like it doesn't want to know do you, do we want to save these guys why do we want to save these guys why is the justice right. society coming here now after this country has been you know uh under the thumb of this uh weird private military you know corporation yeah. forever like we're, there's so many we're, things. we're rooting yeah. we're rooting for black adam in yeah. some ways because he's wayne yeah. the rock johnson and he's the main character of the movie even though he's doing, doing lots of terrible things mm -hmm. we're also theoretically rooting for justice society because they're cool kind of but they also represent America and Amanda yeah. Waller, Amanda who's Waller. done a lot of yeah. terrible things, you know. So it's like, okay, and then, so I think you know 
the movie has no real discernible message as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's a shame. It's just trying to do a little bit too much. Yeah. So, uh, didn't like the movie. There are some things I liked about the movie. Let's talk about spoilers mm-hmm. starting okay. yeah. right now for Black Adam. Spoilers starting now. Now you're looking for the secret. I'm trying to see this coming. No. But you won't find it because, of course, you're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. So. Um, don't teach my child violence, Black Adam. <laughs> now go do violence all over the place. That's all. That's I mean, all. Okay. For. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, the he movie explicitly is... says the, the 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 theme. It's not even about the yeah. the bad guys he's killing or not killing. It's him like not understanding why murder isn't the first. Yeah, mm-hmm. reaction. I, I mean, the movie's original sin is it conceals the true identity of Black Adam. Uh, as relates to the earlier flashbacks, like mm. I, my understanding, you guys correct oh, me wrong. But you like, didn't recognize Dwayne Johnson in that first scene. No, because he's on I, a different it, body. It they Captain really America. Yeah, it's yeah, so they him. Captain I, America'd him. Yeah, no, that yeah. first scene, I was like, yeah. that's the Rock's head. The back of the rock's head, obviously. Sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not as familiar with the back of the rock's Jeff head. Jeff has spent many hours staring at the back I of have. the rock's head. Okay, yes. I yes. think about his, his entire back. So smooth, so smooth. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so they conceal his identity because they make you think he's the kid. Yeah, but yeah. in fact, he. And you're is like, the why is the kid the such kid? a dick? Basically, for most of this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but he, he is in fact the father, and then Boy, it, that like, did not play as a reveal to me at all. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, but that, that I mean that does like explain a lot more of his actions yes. when that is revealed. Yes. It's like oh he is he is upset because his family's been slaughtered, and like that's why he's just killing everyone, you know. Uh, yeah. And that that makes a lot more sense. But then it makes most of the movie he's kind of inscrutable. Like why is he, yeah. you know, why does he want to murder everyone? Um, to me, in such a way. Right? It's still it's still very much inscrutable. It's like okay, I understand why you were mad and killed the king. And everybody there. Um, this is five thousand years later, buddy. Like, what? What? what what's up your craw now? Like, what? What? What is your deal <laughs> that you have to just go around? Like, I, I don't. It's like he doesn't understand basic morality or anything, too. Which is, I got very much uh, Terminator Two vibes. Doors, <laughs> yeah. you know. Sarcasm. I, I, I do have a bone to pick with you, Devendra. Like, yes. you, you brought up more than once. Like, why is he hovering all the time? If you could hover, wouldn't yeah. you hover all the time? I know. It was cool. He's hovering all the time. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, would I wouldn't walk. <laughs> I would hover Superman. No, Walking is, over jumps. Like the rock. I, think, I think it looks – it is a um, performative power move. Like that. that's what I think. Yeah. It, it feels like yeah. – yeah, that, that's, that's all this movie is. It's a performative <laughs> power move by executive producer Dwayne Johnson starring mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson. Oh, he's taking chances. He's – killing people they're all bad they're all villains that's not that's not a big chance guys give, give me some actual moral complexity get, have him kill one some per, somebody in the justice society or something like so, some actual will, oh, consequences uh, yeah speaking of yeah well, you mentioned uh uh fate in the in the justice society uh, yeah. i will say cyclone really cool um kind of visual idea of I, I don't understand like, her powers but yeah <laughs> she's like Okay, she slow there's, the, wind. there's the guy who's like uh, yeah. uh, Falcon from the Avengers. Yes. Yes. Who's like, but rich, it's literally, Falcon, but rich. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's Falcon Batman. Rich. It's <laughs> literally a black dude with mechanical wings. Yes. So it's the same thing. And then um, Fate is like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Smasher is like Ant-Man. And then Cyclone's like Storm is kind of what I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I thought it Cyclone so like... reductive. <laughs> the, way, the way that she kind of did her stuff was like really cool. Like dancing with the yes. wind and everything was kind of cool. I, I like think that. the slow-mo effects um, of her stuff look cool. I don't understand. I didn't understand the effect of her power. Like the first thing was I, I summon you rebar. Let's... This this super powerful god from five thousand years ago, uh, rebar. I need all the rebar. Surround this man. Clearly, you will stop him. Yes, <laughs> I can thought all the powers how... were poorly defined. Like yeah. Fate's powers, he can like yeah. tell the future, but he can also replicate himself. But he can. He's basically like all purpose power all-purpose, guy. I don't yeah. know if that's the yeah. case in in the comics as well. But Jeff I mean, he's pretty. Say? He's pretty powerful in the yeah. comics. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how the entire third act of this is indistinguishable from? Uh, <laughs> From Justice League, uh-huh, that literally, uh-huh. yeah. the, the it's the exact same thing. There's a a demon guy, mm-hmm. and uh, the you know the Batman character, the you know the Flash character, all the all of the Justice enter the blank characters without Superman, yeah, or in this case Black Adam are doing their best against the demon, and all we have to do is resurrect. The uber powered Superman guy, mm. and we'll beat the. It's the exact. It's, it's beat the for thing. beat the same exact thing. movie. I, I was watched the movie this point. weekend. Yeah. I watched a movie where an uh, organization entitled Justice Something <laughs> had to face off against a demon with massive horns and resurrect a uber powerful. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, yeah. it's literally it. the same beats of, of the movie, and it uh, yeah. didn't work yeah. in Justice League. Like it, it wasn't good then. That was even partially done in Wonder Woman one. Don't forget, like where we basically got what Ares back as as a giant CG monster to it. It's the DC movies. That's all they do, basically. Yeah. Unless you're Shazam or Aquaman. I I do think it was kind of a, a an interesting head fake where they put the guy underground. He can never say the word Shazam again. I'm like, oh. Maybe this is where the movie's ending, but then I remembered fate. He had those like predictions yeah. of the future, yeah. and it's like we haven't seen those happen yet. So there's a whole other act to this. Yeah, movie. I was very depressed because I I too was like maybe this is the merciful end of this movie, and I was like, oh no, no. god damn it! No. The, the problem, We're not setting up for a sequel. We're literally doing more movie now. Well, one of the biggest problems of this movie is like none. Like Black Adam doesn't have any discernible weaknesses other than I guess um. Unobtainium, his right? Cri- kryptonite. His kryptonite. Eternium, yeah. right? Eternium. But e- even that, like, he uh, he got hit with Eternium, and then he, like, kind of, like, self-fixed himself. And that was... So I was like, is he is he actually vulnerable to Eternium? I don't know. Um, but you see the Justice Society, like, send wave after wave of their own people against him, and it has no effect. So... What is the point of any of this? Like, what, what, why are we doing this? And then, like, the Justice Society basically accomplishes virtually nothing throughout the entire movie. Uh, they can't stop Black Adam. There's the guy Sabak at the end. Cool idea, by the way, where Sabak needs to like die before he can be resurrected. I like that. I like that. I, uh, it's, it's the dumbest reveal ever where they're like, wait, look at the visage in the mirror. That's not how mirrors work. <laughs> the mirror doesn't change the order of the words. <laughs> well, maybe it does in that, well, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe in that it fictional that, language. In the, I, don't, I don't even know if it's fictional. So just... Let's, Isn't it? A, it's not a fictional place. Maybe I'm. Oh, the the, the location is fictional, fictional, but I'm not sure yeah, if the language yeah. is. But oh, anyway, yeah. uh, so let's not jump to that conclusion. But I agree with you. The reveal is very silly. He like comes alive in his body bag, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they, they're basically Justice Society's whole thing is they're able to hold down Sabak uh, for like ten seconds while 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson rips him in half. That's kind of the whole their net contribution yeah. to this film, as far mm-hmm. as I can recall. Um, which is like, even if it was a Justice Society movie, like that's a pretty weak way to introduce the Justice Society, I think. So, this, this should have been some sort of like HBO Max series, maybe to to introduce these folks. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the way Doom Patrol spends a lot of time with its characters and makes you actually care about them. I think the Justice Society could be cool. The actors are good. The characters are interesting. Uh, it's the whole Black Adam thing that is kind of like messing that up that whole storyline. Yeah. All right, folks. Got to talk about the ending. Sure. The mid credit sequence. Um, Amanda Waller comes uh, via hollow message and says, don't leave the border of Contoc. Uh, yeah. She right? FaceTimed the... this entire movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she really did. I wonder every how time she got I paid see, to yeah, every time I see Viola Davis in one of these movies, I'm like, I hope she got a new addition to I her hope, house. I this. hope so. She she's, she's like, yeah, she's like on the set of uh, Woman King, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, up. just hang on a second, guys. Give me one second. I gotta, I gotta film a DC superhero movie real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she she's one of our great actors of our generation. Like, she's she, amazing. She, she deserves everything she gets. Condoc uh, is the name of the place. Sorry. Um. And so, anyway, she's like, don't leave Kondok. Uh, and he's like, what, what are you going to do? Nothing on this earth can stop me. And she's like, I know people not of this earth. Superman shows up, which is not a surprise because we've seen Superman at various points. Like, he was in Shazam. Um, well, well, it was not... Uh, it was not Henry Cavill. Not yeah, Henry Cavill. Superman it was the suit. So, but yeah. yeah, it was the yeah. suit. Yeah. But, but so, so the shock is Henry Cavill, a, a guy who I think many of us thought would never be Superman again, Shows up as Superman, and he says basically the same exact line that Michael Keaton says at the end of Morbius <laughs> in the post-credit sequence of Morbius. <laughs> Only you would Michael know Keaton that. Shows Morbin yeah. time. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, "Hey, we should talk," which is like the least amount of effort. Like, I, yeah. I, I love the seeing no, Henry most Cam- non-committal sentence of all time. Yeah. No promise. We're making the- no promises here. Yeah, <laughs> I would like Let's to hey. schedule a coffee date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. How is your schedule next Wednesday? <laughs> Oh, you're busy then. Sorry. <laughs> we know that is like that's like what you say to your yeah, friends where you're like, yeah. we should totally get together. Yeah, yeah we should totally get together and then never see them again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what Superman does in this movie. But I am curious. Dude, that scene uh, was the that was the best part of the entire film. That scene. Yeah. Uh, There's something about only, and we talked about this recently, but he achieved by the power of the rock, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Only yeah. the rock, only the, the rock, rock provides. Yeah. is what I'm. Yeah. my understanding. So D- DC stands for Dwayne controls. You know, what did you? Uh, did yeah. you guys have an audience reaction to this scene? Did I was halfway cheer? out of the theater. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, was I like, saw okay. it with, uh, I saw it with a bunch of press. So no, but uh, I mean, the woman next to me was kind of gleefully uh, moving yeah. in her seat. I, I, there, I saw it a public screening, and one person in the back said. Woo! That was that was my that was my uh, public yeah. reaction to it. But I, I mean, it's the coolest moment in the movie because all of a sudden somebody we actually care about is there, and the implication is, oh, this person actually. You just went on, Dave, saying how there's no weakness for Black Adam. Well, it feels like, oh, here's the only other character that could stand toe to toe with this character. Boy, that would be fun to see. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would make a good movie, huh? Anyway, here's the right. credits, folks. Yeah. Bye. Um, yeah. So, okay. There, there well, is going to be another th- Superman movie, too, right? So that that's a whole thing. Brandon, it's uh, in yeah. development, so who knows? They confirm yeah. that. And the hint- I, I, I am excited to see Henry Cavill as Superman Henry Cavill. again. Like, he is, he is yeah. a good Superman, right? He deserves like, a good Superman yeah, he deserves movie. deserves a good a Superman movie. good one. And the yeah. score riff 
uh, in in that sequence was more oh. the the John Williams one, wasn't it? Incredible. I was not happy with that. Mm. I was not. I was like, you Come get on. that score out your mouth. <laughs> Let's really, this is a vibe shift. I'm signaling a you vibe can... <laughs> shift. Okay. How yeah. dare you put that score in your movie, Black? No Adam. more of this Hans Zimmer shit. <laughs> Going back, back to John Williams. You know. I yeah you know you know guys yes. I was so filled with rage in that moment like I don't even think I fully processed it until this moment of the podcast that is what I was internally <laughs> clapping that is what I was internally clapping it's like oh is this does this mm, are we going back to a more pure Superman vibe and not the you know one who wants to give up on humanity vibe yeah I think for me like the Superman theme by John Williams is like a holy thing yes like, absolutely you only use it when you are doing something holy. Mm-hmm. Like Superman Returns. A, not yeah. in a movie like a, called like, Black Adam. B, like a not, mid-credits sequence not in a, in a mid-credits sequence that, put, that apparently no work was put into, pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, know? you know, something holy, like uh, Superman, that four seconds Superman of four, movie Like in Superman between... 4, for instance. <laughs> well, Superman the, the, the <laughs> Superman Returns opens with the whole theme. Like Superman that, that, the Quest for Peace. Yeah. You, know, yeah. That's yeah. A, the, you can only use the theme for something amazing like Superman right. Quest for Peace. <laughs> so... Um, but in all seriousness, I hate them for using it, and um, I'm I wasn't a huge fan. It's, I'm glad you were excited though, Devendra. I mean, it's, it's um, and the story behind it too is The Rock basically went over the studio head. He, like people were telling him, no, 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 you're you're not going to get you know what's his face back in back in for this, and he made it happen with the sheer power of his rockness. So, well, yeah, man. Yeah. a couple couple things. First of all, yeah, my understanding is they filmed it on like the last day. Yeah. They were in the throne room, you know, and they're like, hey, let's just film a thing. And they actually tried to do it without Henry Cavill. Yeah. Like they tried to do it with just a suit, you know, and they're like, it's no, going no well, but like we no need impact. to get Henry Cavill. We need yeah. to get Henry Cavill at the test screenings. Um, so then they got Henry Cavill and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he needs a break from building but, PCs, you know, like he. Yeah. He's just so bored. But here's the thing. Um, Devinger, I don't know if you've heard, but the hierarchy of power in the uh, DC universe is changing. Mm. And I, I that's how, shifted. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he's able to get Henry Cavill in the movie. So, But also, like, anyway. this is, is this creative power? Like, this, I, I don't know. Because as we've discussed, there is no, like, real creative lead, I guess, d- dealing with the, the overall architecture of these movies or anything. Who, who knows what's going to happen at this point? Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Any other thoughts on Black Adam, a movie that it didn't sound like any of us really liked? No. Well, guys, despite literally every single thing we have just said, it's still pretty impressive that Jom Kolesara made a movie. I, yes. Sure. More wins for him. <laughs> sure. Yes. All right, folks. That's going to do it for us here today on the Filmcast. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Find us on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, at thefilmcastpod. This episode, uh, the theme song of this show, comes from Tim McEwen from Varsity Blue. Check out his uh, band, The Midnight, as well. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. Our weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross. This episode was edited by me, David Chen. Next week on the Filmcast, it's going to be The Banshees of Inishirin. The Banshees of Inishirin. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. I'm excited about this one. This is one of uh, Martin McDonough's best movies in a while. Uh, this is Jeff Kanata catnip, and I think there's a lot to talk about. Sad Colin really, Farrell. That's, that's all I need. Yeah. I really think there's a lot we're going to be able to dive into. So that's the Banshees of Inisherin. It's rolling out wider next week. It's going to be the main review here on the Filmcast. Until then, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you later. Yeah.